Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Seds and Sandals, a PE podcast by the Lancashire Post. This week it's all about the big restart as football is finally coming back. We'll be talking about how the squad has prepared so far, what we expect from the restart, and discussing this weekend's game against Luton Town. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Seds and Sandals. My name is Tom Sandals, and with me, as always, is Dave Seddon. We're going to be talking about all things PE and a bit more as per usual. Project Restart, Dave, it's here, we're almost there, we're about to start watching football again in England, I can't wait. Yeah, it's been a long time, hasn't it? What was it, 7th of March was the last time Preston played, football was, you know, the season was officially suspended on March the 13th, just before we were due to go to Luton, Um, and now, you know, when it shut down, did any of us think that you know, middle of June, just beyond the middle of June, we'd only be getting back to it. You know, sort of. Uh, I'll, 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 I think, I think everyone's just looking forward to it getting going again. Still a lot of question marks about how the games will be, you know, behind closed doors and whatnot. But um, yeah, it, it's here. Let's get the season going again. Let's get it played to a finish, um, you know, in the best way possible. And then, you know, beyond it, once we get into sort of late July, early August, hopefully, you know, sort of we're further down the line with this pandemic, hopefully got a bit more on top of it and sort of, you know, maybe there's a bit more normality ready for, you know, at some point during next season. Yeah, I suppose the big thing with it is the really, you really don't know what to expect. I know I've said this before on, on the podcast, but when you come into a normal season, you've got maybe half a dozen pre-season games that people can go and watch and you can see. At the moment, they've just kind of kept up the, the fitness schedules and they've had a few games behind closed doors, haven't they? And it really is something that you just don't know what's going to happen. And the added thing of, of no home fans as well, which seems to have had a, a detrimental effect in Germany, it, it really is just just mind-blowing really you know what, what's going on no it, it really is it's, it's, it's football in a totally different environment isn't it Tom you know when you, when you look at it you know the the no crowds thing is going to be absolutely massive you know like football football at professional level is crowds isn't it you know football at non-league levels crowds you know it's all about you know you know even, even grassroots football even when we play you know kids matches in the morning you know on Saturday or Sunday morning you know there's there's still parents and everyone watching you know but here, here we are running the line yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, so yeah, probably deserved as well. But you know, here we are. You know, the the only people that's got to be in stadiums are sort of officials of the clubs. You know, the media, and you know, we're limited as well. You know, and and the players themselves. And um, it is to me, it is an open book. You know, it's going to be so difficult to judge. You know, um, I don't think any players will have lost a talent or ability during this break you know that that's not going to be an issue they're probably in terms of the levels of fitness you know physical fitness they're going to be as fit as butchers dogs now aren't they because most of them spent the sort of eight or nine weeks they had at home absolutely working out every day they couldn't go and do anything else so it was like you know going to run a day you know do some weights do some exercise you know they had the zoom classes with the you know the fitness work and everything so Physical fitness isn't a problem. Um, 
when they come back, you know, obviously match fitness is going, you know, we've always said match fitness is a lot different to physical fitness that, that builds up. Um, they've only probably teams have only had like two or three friendlies to, to, you know, get those levels back. And so you, you might even think the sort of first two or three games of the season of the resumption are almost going to be players getting the match fitness as well as chasing you know, like the the task of either trying to get promoted or trying to avoid relegation, or you know, trying to get in the playoffs. It, you know, it, it, it's a, it, it's a whole new different one, isn't it? And North End obviously have had a, a couple of warm up friendlies. We we don't know a great deal about not really released like a full lineup officially or anything mm. like that. But we do know mm. Scott Sinclair's found the net, so that's always a positive. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, they played. They played Wigan on last Friday at Deepdale on Friday afternoon. They drew two all in that one. Jaden Stockley and David Nugent scored. Um, I believe they were two 0 up, and Wigan battled back to two all. Then they went to Burnley on the Saturday. Different squad, basically. Just does Alex Neil does what he does in the early friendlies of a pre-season. Splits the squad in two. Half go one place, and then half were used at Burnley. Um, went and got a one all draw there. I think Vidra scored for Burnley in the first half and it was Sinclair equalised for North End in the second and uh, by all accounts and you know the one or two people who were there from what I've gathered it was uh, you know a very good solo goal um, probably the build up similar to what his goal was against Swansea in the league in February sort of running running, cutting him from the sort of inside channel I think rather than have a shot from outside the box he went into the box and I think he I think he took it round the keeper by from what it sounds like sat the keeper down and, and put it in the net so um, you know that, that that's something that you know uh, an on-song Scott Sinclair mm. could be very important to Preston over the next nine yeah. games and hopefully you know a couple two or three more beyond that yeah, won't mind a bit more of that. I mean, we mm. saw we saw glimpses of of what he's capable of, but mm. at, at all times we were told, you know, he's not quite fit. He's he's mm. coming off the back of a long period out with Celtic, all these sorts of things, and it didn't look like necessarily North End were going to get the best of him at that that moment in time. That might have all changed now. It might have done, yeah. Obviously, we there's a lot of you know, importance put on his shoulders when he first arrived, you know, like I know he was a free transfer, but there's obviously a lot of money going on wages and getting him here and, and whatnot. So, you know, there's a big expectation, big, big expectation there, you know, and, and his name as well in the game, you know, he's, he scored all those goals for Swansea earlier in his career and he's been at Man City, been at Villa, then went to Celtic and scored a hatful of goals up there. Um, so, you know, he really was a marquee signing, wasn't he? And uh, trouble was at Celtic, he hadn't really been involved a lot, you know, up, in, up until, you know, that first half of the season. So he's coming here, not rusty, but not quite, you know, the, the match sharpness that you want from him. Scored that great goal against Swansea, which showed what he could do. He had, I think, a seven-game run in the side. Um, I thought he was doing okay without making a massive impact. Mm. Um, played well down at Barnsley in that 3-0 win, you know, if you remember that on the Tuesday yeah. night. Then... Then he sort of got taken out of the side in the last three games before the, the the lockdown. He was, you know, he came on a sub in those, and you know, not North End actually lost them all, didn't they? You know, I'm not saying that was because Sinclair was only on the bench or whatever, but um, you know, that's how it worked out. So, um, you know, it'd be, be interesting to see if you know if he's put straight back. You know, if he comes into the side at Luton, you know, he could well do. You know, if if, if we're going to use a good goal and a good performance and a friendly, you know, as a guide. And, you know, it might be that maybe North End weren't expecting him to show his true colours until next season, you know, wherever this first start, you know, this sort of half a season he was going to have at Deepdale, maybe that would have been the settling in period. But with there being the big gap in the middle, maybe now he can start to show what maybe North End thought he might have been showing sort of start of next season had, you know, had the normal calendar been stuck to. So uh, it'd be it'd be a real interesting one, that he, he could really make a difference. Yeah, especially when there's nine games left. That is that is a good period of time. A player can stay in form for that amount of games. And you never know, if someone like Scott Sinclair, who we know is capable of having top form for that period of time if he just comes to the fore it could it really could kind of fire north end into to securing that sort of playoff spot yeah it's not as if they're just coming in for sort of three or four games at the end are they you know nine, nine games it's a 
a sort of, you know, you have got within those nine games, as I said before, you maybe got a sort of one or two game settling in period, you know, to, to sort of find your feet totally. And then you can sort of, uh, you know, really, you know, hit the tracks after that. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you know, someone, someone like Sinclair has certainly got the potential to light things up and sort of, you know, push push North End towards where he wants to get to. You know, he, he really could be an important player. It'll be interesting to see how North End line up because with them, I mean, do you consider form going into it or is it all a clean slate? If, that, if it's a clean slate, you know, you've got about eight different players, especially the likes of, of Billy Bowden coming back, that could all mm. fit in that in that forward four, those forward four positions. You have, yeah. You've got, it's hard to judge, isn't it? It's sort of, uh, it, the break, you know, the three-month break has been longer than they'd ever get it during the summer, mm. wouldn't they? A summer break, you know, and you tend to come back after a summer break and, you know, the manager's there. Cliche, isn't it? Clean slate, we all start afresh. But with it being the same season, does he think, well, I've still got to have some loyalty to the players who were doing well at the time. I don't know if everyone had run a three defeats, four out of four defeats out of five. But there were certain players who were playing quite well still. There were some who weren't. You know, I, I think it's only right that the manager does take that into consideration rather than totally wiping it clean. And in training, I know they've been back. They, by the time they play Luton, they would have been back in training just under four weeks. So we're like, you know, for three weeks and five days or something like that. Now, a week of that was non-contact training when they just trained in a sort of individual groups of five. But um, so they've not had a great deal of training to sort of, you know, to really, really impress, have they? You know, like to, you know, it's not like having five weeks for a pre-season where someone looks like they're being fed raw meat and they're absolutely sort of, you know, busted a gut and look, my God, they've turned into, you know, turn into Ronaldo overnight, you know, over the summer or something. We've not not quite got that time scale. So I suppose there's going to be a little bit of, uh, you know, bit of everything involved, bit of form from before they stopped playing, bit of form from earlier in the season, how they've looked a little bit in training, what kind of shape they're in and, uh, you know, and, you know, how they've looked in the couple of friendly games. So mm. there's, there's, there's some big decisions for managers to make, you know, not just at North End, but but everywhere, really. Yeah, you, if you if you look in the midfield, you've got Gally who was struggling for fitness a little bit towards the uh, towards the break, and then you got Alan Brown who played himself into some really good form, and then you got Ben Pearson potentially DJ that could play there. He could mm-hmm. also play in the ten, like Harrop. Yeah, you've got uh, mm-hmm. Barkey, Maguire, uh, Sinclair, Stockley, Nugent. There's there's so many mm-hmm. different options. Brad Potts as yeah. well. You know, mm-hmm. who's now a Viking, so that's got to be worth it, an extra <laughs> thought, surely. Um, but, you know, it's if you go off that clean slate, there's a lot of quality in this squad and, and you're going to need all that quality with the amount of, amount of games coming up. That's right. But what, what they need to find is goals again. You know, like, um, as I say, the, the four, four defeats in five games leading up to the break, they scored three goals. Two of them were penalties. It was just Alan Brown's header against Hull, you know, from from open play. Sort of whoever gets out there on the pitch, whatever formation he uses, whichever mix of personnel he uses, somehow they've got to spark some more goals, keep it tight at the back and somehow, you know, get themselves into that goal-scoring mode they were, you know, a little bit earlier. You know, no offence this season have shown they can score goals. No issue with that. Not necessarily going to come from the main striker, we know that. We know they've not got an out-and-out goal scorer. Um, top goal scorer is DJ from midfield, for example. You know, but Barkhazen scored, you know, a decent amount from the wing. So you just need to sort of find a system where, you know, uh, you know, or a couple few partnerships where, you know, where they where they can get those goals going again and sort of, you know, have a real good go at it. Hmm. I suppose, obviously, the goals can come from elsewhere, but if you can get that striker scoring as well as keeping them, those goals around him not at a, not as a, at a cost of those around him that would be the key really wouldn't it it is yeah but you have a look at what's available do you, do you play Barcaves who's like nine in the league two more in the league cup 11 altogether is he better out, out wide or is he better down the middle you know probably interviewing Bark he, he will say that if he goes down the middle he's better if he's got someone to work around you know, to hold the ball up for him if need be, knock it through to him. So, 
Um, Stockley's more your target man. He's going to score goals, but on what, you know, on a regular basis, I'm not sure. Uh, Maguire was tending to be played more out on the left wing than he was down the middle. There were a few appearances up front, but mainly down the wing. Uh, Dave Nugent, you know, he's he's 35 now. You know, he's had a birthday during the lockdown. Um, You know, you've no one prolific, really, out-and-out prolific goal scorers, have you? So, um, it's settling on a way, you know, you know, you can still score goals in other ways, you know, sort of get your wide, you know, get your strikers holding the ball up, bring the wide men into it, bring your number 10 into it, bring your attacking midfielders in. Um, you know, it's just it's a case of when those chances come along, make sure they take them. And uh, Luton at the weekend, a new manager, mm-hmm. rather it's like the reverse North End curse. Instead, there's a new manager rather than getting rid of one. Yeah, so it's what is it? A new old manager, isn't it? Yeah. Nathan Jones is back. Obviously, had, had had quite a bit of success at Luton in his first spell. You know what he did there attracted the attention of Stoke. He, you know, he, he went to Stoke as manager, and it was well, I won't say it was a disaster, but it wasn't much better, was it? Really, yeah. um, didn't last that long there. Well, fifteen months or so. Um, got, got you know, than most got, would have expected to be fair. Yeah, very yeah, patient. yeah, yeah. Bit of a strange appointment in the first place. I thought just never. Yeah. I didn't think it was ever going to fit sort of the Stoke, you know, yeah, ideal high, really high profile. And yeah, but obviously, he, 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 you know, he's returned to Luton during you know during the lockdown period, and you know Graham Jones, who was in who was in charge there. Uh, you know, the manager who got Luton promoted up to the championship. Um, he, you know, he went, he explained it away as sort of financial reasons at the time. He went quite early in the lockdown, didn't he? Yeah. It was a bit of a strange one, you know, for him to lose his job at that point. There was almost a sort of feeling that, well, he would have lost his job during the summer anyway, you know, so changing it now, you know. So, Nathan uh, Jones has come in. You know, he's inherited the squad. There's a big transfer window, obviously, yet. So he's inherited a squad. He'll have to work with that squad. Whether he can change to the ideals that he wants, you know, the formation, whether he's got the personnel to work how he wants, that just remains to be seen, really. But you you, you might argue that Luton really are an unknown quantity going into this game. You know, there's Mm. if North End are going to do any scouting, it would have been on the games, you know, back in March, February and March before the lockdown. Um, and you just wonder that since then, as Jones tried to change one or two things on the training ground, as he tried to implement a change of formation. So, you know, we'll just have to see, um, you know, when the teams come out on Saturday for that one. Yeah, and we'll have to give him a bit of extra credit as well for uh, steering clear of the Blackpool job when that came up. Uh, Absolutely, well, <laughs> uh... <laughs> but North End will probably be better off if they are doing the, the scout and all that sort of stuff. Potentially looking at, at what his team played like for Luton in League One before he before he left. Yeah, yeah, They'll probably be able to sort of re- read into it. You know, formations. I would have thought um, whether you know how many of the personnel remain from his time. I'm not too mm. sure. I think quite a few will still be on the books, won't they? Mm. Um, but. Um, yeah, so yeah, maybe have a look at patterns of play and you know how how how, how, how they did in League One. Um, I think he did. He used to play a diamond system. I think when he was at Luton when they got promoted. So, yeah, because I think he tried yeah, it at, uh, at Stoke, Stoke yeah. and it didn't quite work there. Yeah, North ended very well against the diamond at Barnsley in January. Mm. So that might be you know part of Neil's thinking. That'd be a very Alex Neal thing to do. Turn up at, mm. after three months off and then mm. come back in a diamond and just completely sack off what everyone's known of him doing for the last <laughs> two years, whatever it's been now, three. It's, uh, yeah. And that, that'd that be very North End. Mm, it would, it would. But, um, um, yeah. and, and when you, when it comes to this kind of game, when you're away, come mm-hmm. first up, that might just play into North End's hands. It might do. It could well do. Um, it's you know, it's just going to be. A, it really, is going to be a strange one. But if, if you think when North End were going to play Luton back in back in March, the the away end was sold out, hadn't it? They did have to because it's quite a small allocation, just over a thousand fans. Um, you have to. You know, like they're having to use loyalty points, weren't they? You know, to sort of you know you know to make sure there was a fair 
allocation of, t- you know, tickets among, among fans, among season tickets, people with loyalty points and whatever. So, loads of fans were looking forward to going to that game. You know, first time at Luton for 13 or 14 years, I think it was. And then suddenly, North End are going to pitch up there on, on Saturday. You know, empty, bang empty away and no one there. You know, but, you know, maybe they can, you know, no, I think, you know, I think the goal there, right, you know, let's go down there, let's be professional. Yeah, it's an empty place, you know, it's an empty ground. We need to start winning, you know, let's start here, let's, you know, let's be determined, let's just, you know, try and shut out anything of the environment and just get on with playing. So, uh, you know, it'd it be, it be, you know, fingers crossed, it, it, it can start well there anyway. Yeah, in the, in the Bundesliga so far, roughly, there's been about 20% of the games have been home wins. That's oh, amazing, isn't it? About twenty percent. Normally, that's mm-hmm. up at about forty percent. Yeah, so that shows yeah. the impact. I mean, it's not always going to translate perfectly across to England, but it mm-hmm. shows the impact that it's having on players where they turn up somewhere where they're used to a bit of noise, used to the fans, used to that kind of yeah. atmosphere. And then once you take that away, you know, mm. I think there was a there was a moment where um, was it Liverpool that that had a protest where they all walked out for with about fifteen minutes to go because of season ticket prices. Liverpool mm. ended up conceding in that time and Klopp came out and said, please don't do that again. It has a massive impact on the team. Then yeah. take out take out everyone. And again, yeah. that's, that's going to have a big impact. Oh, it is. It's, you know, the you're familiar, you know, you're, Teams are tend to be stronger at home. Everything's familiar about the place, and that you know you you got you you know where all your fans are. You know what the noise is going to be like. Um, you know you know you know the way the way the way the ground is when you walk out of the tunnel for the first time just before the match. You know what it's like when you're going to be walking off at half time. You know everything you know about it. But now the only familiar thing is is like what your dressing room looks like and you know what the size of the pitch is otherwise just you know the advantage is gone hasn't it really you know doesn't matter how big or small your crowds are you know people sort of point fingers at North End's attendances a bit yeah okay we can't fill Deepdale or whatever but when North End play at home you're taking 10 or 11 12,000 fans out away from the place aren't you you know it's just just going to be so strange that 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 side of things and uh, it it is it is the old level playing field now isn't it you know you know when when teams are playing away managers are just going to you have to use the psychology look you know, don't be afraid about going there. You've not suddenly got X thousand fans, you know, chanting at you, telling you, you know, getting behind the home side, telling you you're a load of rubbish or whatever, to put it politely. Mm-hmm. You know, like you suddenly, it's just going to be, you know, like an empty stadium. And, you know, the, the, the only thing, as I say, the only thing familiar to the home team will be, you know, the, the you know, the size of the pitch and how the way it's caught and, you know, the, the, you walk out of the dressing room, which, you know, which they look at every other Saturday. But other than that, it's just, you know, the away team come, the away team come in. There's nothing strange about it anymore. You know, they're not, there's nothing to be intimidated about, you know, like imagine teams going to Man United rather than a 75,000 attendance. There's no one there in the Premier League, you know, like, um, you know, it, 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 it will come down to who has got the better players and who's got the better mentality, mm. purely and simply. Yeah, there's not going to be any, you know, there's not going to be any match officials, you know, like, um, mm. you know, whatever you say, do, do referees get swayed by a big home crowd, you know, a big shout for the penalty and crowd noise and all. I know VAR in the Premier League might have taken a little bit out of the way, but you, you do get the feeling that at some grounds you're going to get a penalty more than you would do. You know, the home side's going to get more penalties than the away team. So uh, no, that 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 be that that be you know, there's, there's nothing to influence the match officials anymore. You know, the the only thing to affect the official is Alex Neal or his counterpart <laughs> falling down his ear all for 90 minutes and be able to be able to hear him even more, won't he? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, but it really it will be interesting to look at the, um, you know, the the home and away stats, how it pans out over the over the next few weeks, and whether it, we, you know it does go the same way as the Bundesliga. Mm. And the fans will be there in a sense, in that mm-hmm. the uh, North End fans got together and they've got a couple of uh, couple of banners that are going to be going uh, on the uh, on the Invincibles, and one of them mm. dedicated purely to uh, North End fans that have passed away, which I think is a, a really good gesture and a really good effort from from all the fans. Yeah, it was um, North End offered sort of banner advertising. They obviously, 
you know, they, they know it's going to be an empty stadium. So let's make the best out of it. And they're covering as many of the empty seats they are up with big banners, you know, and using them, you know, companies can buy advertising space rather than having an advertising board in the traditional sense. You can get a big advertising banner, you know, instead. And uh, but what some North End fans did on via PNE online. Um, they, they started a sort of GoFunding page to buy some, you know, one of these advertising banners. Took them less than 24 hours to reach what they needed. You know, and that nice big, you know, we're with you, you know, trying to get the message across. We might not be with you in the stadium, but we're with you all the way in spirit. We'll be watching you at home. So they did that and then the money kept coming in. So they got a second banner, you know, as you say, dedicated to the gentry and people were able to send, you know, names of loved ones, of mates and who were sadly no longer with us you know so their names are there in spirit as well i think that's fantastic and then you know the the um the pne fans forum group as well they've they've clubbed together they've you know some fans there and some organizations and supporters clubs and individual people have clubbed together for for another banner as well so there'll be there'll be three banners in there just dedicated to the fans you know from the fans which is absolutely fantastic and then together with you know, there'll be other companies who have actually sponsored and using it as, as advertising space. So it's all going to look a little bit different, but, you know, hopefully that can spruce it up a little bit, make, you know, just add a little bit more colour to the place. And, you know, it, you know, the message on one of the, the banners is that, you know, we might not be here with you in the stadium, but we're here with you in spirit. You know, I think that it brings the togetherness that, which, you know, which is hopefully, I think, so hopefully we see that in society a bit more through this crisis, you know, people coming together. I know you've got your exceptions and whatnot, but, you know, if we're all a bit nicer, we're all a bit together, when we come out of this, I think we'll be a better place for it. Yep. And uh, FIFA, moving mm. on slightly, FIFA have uh, announced that cl- uh, players can now play for three clubs in a season, mm. which means there may be uh, at least one extra player mm. in the North End squad in that there may be a, a genuine natural left-back backup <laughs> Well, the trouble is with uh, with Josh Earl, he's one, he's play, well, yeah, the two club thing, but his loan uh, is a standard loan. So technically his loan at Ipswich will not run out until the off season finishes as well. So if he went on a standard loan, if he gone on a non-league loan, he can come back and play these last few games. But I don't think they can for... Um, you know, if a player's been on a standard loan, you know, they, they can't play for another club for the rest of this season. So uh, I don't think we'll be seeing Josh Earl at this rate. Not until next season. Who needs him when we've got Joe Rafferty anyway, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Who yeah. needs suitable squad yeah. numbers? Oh, it's overrated. It's overrated. Yeah. Um, but looking at, towards this, this last period then, mm. I'm going to put you on the spot slightly. Who's mm. North End's key player? These nine games, there's different types of clubs that that are lined up and all this sort of thing. Mm. Who is going to be most important? Do you think Ben Pearson? Ben Pearson. Ben Pearson. You know, like I just think um, he, he he's coming. I, I really think he's improved as a player this season. I think he's improved every year he's been here. But I just think his importance to the side this year has grown even more. He kept his discipline better, and I just. He makes him tick, you know. You see him play, you know, might not be straight 50 passes around from midfield, but he gets the ball, he tidies up, and you know, a 10 yard pass from him can take out two players, you know, and just set the ball rolling. I just think they, they, they need his presence, you know. They, he got injured at West Brom, didn't he, before, uh, before the lockdown, finished that game, but then missed Fulham away, missed QPR at home, played all right, I thought, without him at Fulham for a mm. stage, but then. He could probably just have done with him to sort of dry things up when they fell behind. Um, and against QPR, you know, would North End have lost 3-1, conceded three goals in the manner that he did against 10 men if Ben Pearson had been in the team, you know. So, yeah. uh, I, I just think he's, you know, yeah, he, he, you know, he's not, the, he's not the silkiest footballer in the world, but he, he can play. And I tell you one thing, I think he'll be so important to him. I really do. You know, whether he plays all nine of the regular games, plus hopefully, fingers crossed, the playoffs. I don't know. They might have to rotate. You know, it doesn't matter how how influential someone is. You know, if someone's carrying a slight knock, and you know, the 
you've got to look a little bit longer term. These games are coming so thick and fast now. That's a awful cliche, that, isn't it? But <laughs> the way they've done it, you know, like play at Luton Saturday, then a full week's gap until they play Cardiff on the 27th. But then that Cardiff game is, after that, it's Saturday, Tuesday or Wednesday, Saturday, all the way through four weeks of like that. And it's it's pretty intensive going, that one. So, uh, you know, I know North End favoured just doing a sort of Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday from the start and then maybe part way through, then have a clear midweek. But I think, you know, a couple of clubs objected to it for some reason. They didn't want to start too quickly. They didn't want two games right on top of each other at the start. So they wanted this sort of more gradual easing in. But, you know, yeah, whether whether that will work against clubs going further down, you know, once they're into it, will there be more injuries when, you know, by the time you get to the sort of seventh, eighth, or ninth game, I'm not too sure. But uh, but back to Pearson, you know, if you could if you could get him on the pitch for most of those, absolutely fantastic. Suspension wise, he's on nine bookings, but you need to get to fifteen now to you know to get a ban. Obviously, he can still get sent off for red cards and have to serve it. You know, you know, he might get a ban that way, but you know, hopefully, you know. He, he can keep his cool on the pitch. Suspension discipline's on an issue, you know, and he, we can just get him, you know, you can get him out on the pitch for sort of seven or eight or nine games. Fantastic. And then fully fit for the playoffs. There's confidence for you, eh? <laughs> yeah. Well, Alex Neal has always said if Ben Pearson is fit, he starts. So this will be yeah. an interesting sort of test of that really because like you say there's there's more there's more to there's more at play and there's also trying to look after him because there's going to be a lot of players breaking down. Oh, there is, yeah. Just, just for the nature of how how long the the you had the gap at home, yeah. Fair enough. Everyone kept themselves really fit, but you know, you know, jogging around the streets, keeping fit, doing your keep fit at home, it's a little bit different to match fitness and charging around the football pitch, isn't it? So, going to have this very intense period. And I think you know, Alex Neal's made the point this week that you know, while sometimes a knock can keep you out for a week or so. You know, like normally that might just keep you out of one game, if mm. at all, you know, but suddenly you could be missing two or three games, you know, just with just with quite an innocuous sort of knock. So they've got to be careful there. But it'd be fascinating who, uh, you know, we might start seeing some players who we've not, you know, seen for a while. I've, I've done a piece for, you know, I've done a piece for the paper and for the website about, you know, some of the fringe players who could step up from the shadows and, and be, you know, play big parts. You know, we want to see a bit more of Tom Bayless, don't we? You know, like paid a lot of money for him. He's fit. He's had an operation during the just before the lockdown. He's recovered from that. He's back training. He's chomping at the bit. You know, you've got like you got Brad, Brad, Brad Potts, who's not been involved a lot this season, but we've seen him, you know, coming in for certain games when Neil likes to play a, a certain way, and he's done okay. And then you know, people like. Ethan Walker, he's only 17. We've only seen him from the bench a couple of times. You know, he's only a kid. But he's training with the first team now. He's got his pro contract. Um, could he come off the bench? When you've got nine subs on the bench, mm-hmm. you know, there's potential to name a couple of wild cards on there almost, aren't they? You know, sort of, you know, you've got a little bit more leeway. You, you know, manager might just think, well, might not be quite ready to come on and play for, you know, half an hour, but, you know, what, what if I flung him on for the last 10 minutes or something? You know, it could be, could just make, you know, makes for a really interesting reading, you know, viewing from from where I'm looking. Yeah, I was gonna, just about to go on to that. It's a really nice segue, Dave. Let's pretend we planned it. Nine subs <laughs> now. Uh, it means, uh, Neil's always said that he picks a bench with, you know, with players' impact <clears throat> in mind. You yeah. just have that little bit of freedom now to kind of maybe pick seven and think, right, who else do I maybe want to give a bit of experience yeah. to? Or what other kind of wild cards do I want to throw in there? You mentioned Ethan Walker <laughs> when he when he did have his brief uh, yeah. debut. He did look quite exciting, quite direct. And mm. teams would not be able to prepare for him because they would not have, have seen him before. Yeah, well, you think about, it, you know, your bench is normally, you know, it's sort of... Uh, you, you've always got your sub-keeper on, you want a defender on there. Sometimes away matches, you might go with two defenders, but in general, you want to sort of check. Neil doesn't change his defence a lot, does he, during the course of a game? A lot of managers don't. It's really be making that impact in midfield on the wings up front, you know, so he can, you know, well, maybe he might have only put one winger on, you know, on the bench when he had seven he can put another one on you know two wingers one on each side you know have a think about that he can put a, you know maybe an extra attacking midfielder North End have got a lot of midfielders haven't they you know the scope for that 
You know, while it might have been one striker on the bench, he can gamble with two. You know, he can put that extra defender on if, if so be. You know, like, uh, you've got people like Jordan Story who we've hardly seen this season. He was a young player of the year, you know, last season. You know, Ben, I think he's only started three league games or something like that. You know, he's one to come in if, if Bauer or Davis gets an up. You know, Paul Huntington as well. We, we had that run of games from him in uh, December. You know, he might be needed at some time. You know, he's a, you know, he's a wily old head. You know, he's got the experience. You know, even if you're only going to stick him in for a game or two. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's so many things like that. you got Billy Bowden, as you, you mentioned him earlier in the, in the podcast. He's coming back from injury. You know, they're hoping to have him back at some point. You know, so there's, you know, the, the, there are players who, you know, I use the term wild cards. It could be just ones, you know, might just tip the balance in a game, hopefully. It's yeah. interesting. You, just, you see a different name on the team sheet sometimes. Just gives you a bit of a talking point something to chat about, doesn't it? You know, where, you know, rather than like, oh yeah, he'll play there, he'll definitely play there. You know, just suddenly, oh wow, wow, he's on the bench. That's quite interesting. I find, you know, I wonder how he'd do if he'd get on. So, you know, it'd be, it'd be good to see. You know, Tom Bayless, I'm like, we've seen him in these cup games. We've not seen, you know, he's not featured in a league game yet. You know, he's got a lot of energy. Energy could come into this sort of... Uh, nine game runs couldn't it you know you just need a bit of an engine in there a good pair of legs or something you know to get him up the pitch you know could, could it be the time for him to shine yeah they could have they could really have like all areas covered really in that nine especially the way that the North End squad kind of weighs itself in that you seem mm. to have kind of like for like in most places if you think yeah. you could have the presence of Clark and Huntington as, as say two defenders on the bench you've got mm. the option of a bit of uh, guile in say Alan Brown or Ryan Ledson and then a bit more class in Gallagher or, or Bayless depending on who who starts it could go on the bench you've got could potentially have Stockley on the bench as a, as a battering ram or, or mm. Nugent with a bit more finesse about it or a bit of express pace to bring on. Harrop plays the number 10 role differently to the likes of Brown or Johnson and, and Bowden, if he was to cut in from the from the right as really the only like left-footed winger that, that North End have mm-hmm. at the club. So there's a lot of options there. And could that bring Alex Neal under the microscope a little bit more in that he has more he can, he can do and yeah. picking the right option might be the most important thing? Yeah, it is. You know, rather than the team picking itself, he's suddenly got, you know, a few few different choices, you know, like, well, could I pair him and him? You know, would those two work together? Or, you know, might, might it be better putting X and Y down that side rather than A and B? You know, it's, it, 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 it will be a test. Sometimes for managers, it is a test when everyone is there at your disposal. Sometimes you just can't help but pick the 18 because that's who's available to you, you know everyone else is you know, suspended, injured or whatever. But, you know, when you've got a full, you know, a full, a full, fully fit squad, you know, everyone's raring to go. It can be a good test. It can be a real good test for him. Yeah, and uh, I want to touch on briefly um, Matt Hudson's new contract. Mm-hmm. So it's a show of faith, really, isn't it? And as much as anything, it helps with uh, some EFL regulations. Yeah, it's... Um, he signed, yeah, he signed a two-year contract. Uh, think about it. Matt Matson's debut came four and a half years ago at Leeds. It's his only, yeah. only game for North End so far in the first team. He's been here ages. You know, he's been in the academy. He came up through the academy. I think he was like twelve or thirteen when he signed, and you know, he come all the way through. Came off the bench at Leeds when Jordan Pickford was sent off, um, December two thousand and fifteen. You know, he was only he'd only just turned seventeen at the time. Young for a goalkeeper, wasn't it? You know, I think he was only on the bench because Chris Kirkland was unavailable that day. You know, and um, probably you know. When you make your debut that young, you know, you're almost setting the bar quite high, aren't you? Well, you know, if he's good enough at 17, we're probably going to see a lot of him. We've not, but he's 20, he's 21 at the moment, 22 at the end of, uh, the end of July. He's still relatively, well, he's still very young for a goalkeeper. I wrote a piece the other day and I sort of compared it. What, what is he now? 21, 22, probably compared to, it probably compares to a sort of outfield player who's like 18, 19, you know, what progression they have, you know, what, you know, experience and whatnot. So, um, you know, there were a few eyebrows raised when he when he signed his new contract. Oh, he's only ever played for us once. Well, that that shouldn't stop him playing. You know, like you know, 
they do rate him highly at North End. I know Jonathan Gould rates him very highly as uh, a goalkeeping coach. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a good young goalkeeper to have. I think, I think in the Championship, you do need three goalkeepers these days. You need, um, you know, your first choice, you need your backup on the bench. And then you need another, you know, if you into an away game or something it's a long distance away game and one of your keepers goes down overnight not feeling too good or whatever or picks an injury up in the warm up you, you need that for a goalkeeper don't you to you know fit in on the bench you know so um, Michael Crowell's gone now he's not on his contract renewed so they're down to those three three goalkeepers now Rudd who also signed a new contract earlier in the lockdown Connor Ripley and now Matt Hudson so um, and as you said Matt, Matt also I'm not saying this is the primary reason he's signed but He's a homegrown player. All the EFL squads on a match day have to have one homegrown player in it. Now, no offense at that box with Ben Davis. If Josh Earl, you know, Josh Earl, when he comes back, he does as well. He came through the academy. But say Davis wasn't available for a game, you know, he had a, a spell out of an ankle injury earlier in the season, didn't he? You can put Matt Hudson on the, Matt Hudson on the bench, ticks a box, you know, like homegrown player. Or, but you know, we've got Ethan Walker now pushing like that. You've got Adam O'Reilly as well potentially to do it. But you know, it's, it's a feather to his bow. But I think I think what will be interesting is what they do next season. Did he get Hudson out on some? You know, did he get him out for some football somewhere? You know, even if it's even if it's three months at a non-league club, a good non-league club or something, just get him used to playing. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday all the time, you know, like a uh, run of games, you know, like, yeah, uh, I think, I think that's really important for him. Can they afford just to have him another season sat around on the bench for his first choice? It's a tricky one. And if he were to loan him out, well, you need to then bring in another goalkeeper as well to cover, you know, Rudd and Ripley. So, yeah. Or do you promote you know, Corcoran as that, as that number I think three? think Corcoran's I mean, got that. Yeah, I don't Matt think Hudson Corcoran's alone at Berry that didn't go yeah. too well either as well. So no, no, and that's that's the danger of loan, you know, loan football. He 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 went to Berry and only played, um, you know, four games JPT in the, you know, stuff, yeah, JPT. Jimmy Corcoran, the the youth team goalkeeper, I think he's been released now, so he's not an option. So oh. it's just a case of if uh, you know, is there another youth team keeper coming through the system or? Do you go out? Do you bring in someone who's happy to sort of be a training ground goalkeeper for a bit and release Hudson to go and play some loan football somewhere? Or do you trust Hudson to sort of stay around, train, and then, you know, if, 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 um, you know, for whatever reason, if there's an injury to Rudd or to Ripley, do you, do you risk putting Hudson in, you know, and getting games that way? But, uh, no, it's, it's, it's a bit of a, it's a tricky one, that one, isn't it? It always is a tricky one with keepers, you know, for you know, managers don't like to chop and change with keepers like you do in other positions. So, um, you know, but I, I, do, I just do think that Matt Hudson will benefit from, you know, a run of games. That's the next part of his development. He said himself, he's had all the experience of training with the first team every day, travelling to a lot of away games with him. He knows the improvement, but he just needs actual games now, doesn't he? Yeah, that'll be the next thing. I mean, it, it's a similar issue with the likes of Ethan Walker and Adam O'Reilly, who obviously went on loan at non-league. And it's a lot of an issue that, that fans have with the way that North End don't have a reserve team or a 23s team. It's that next step in between graduating from the academy and making that breakthrough into the, into the first team. It's a huge gap, isn't it? You know, it's um, I'm not a massive fan of under 23s football from what I've seen but if you can have some kind of middle ground you know a, a reserve team playing in one of the you know the you know still at the central league haven't you around there you know like which is possibility um but you know to, to, if you if you if you get your scholarship if you do your two year scholarship and then you know, if you're going to get a pro contract at the moment with, with no sort of 21s or 23s or reserves, you've really got to be sort of good enough to be considered to go straight into the first team at sort of 17, 18, which is a, which is a massive, isn't it, the top, the top level of the championship. You, you sometimes need that middle ground where you could go and play some football in between you know, midweek and then maybe on Saturday you could be on the fringes of the match day squad. You know, you might not get into the on the bench that day, but at least you're around the environment. But during the week you've got that sort of, you know, that regular sort of reserve football to keep your fitness up. You know, just playing against other teams, you know, get get in that match environment, you know, just you know, testing yourself that way. When when I start started watching football, so I'm gonna go back to when we were black and white here. You know, it was like first team First team played on a Saturday. If they were away, your reserve team played at home in the Central League. North End used to play team 
Liverpool, Man United, and um, you know, teams. You know, teams in those days, it was like you know one sub, so you didn't carry as big a squad. But you know, but it meant that you had some pretty good players five or six players who were good enough for the first team but ended up playing in the Central League every week and so you had Harden Trolls playing there you know and a mixture of you know it was Harden Trolls and kids coming through so these kids were getting used to playing against Harden Trolls really good players you know and they grew up quickly and they learned the game nowadays it's just under 23s playing against other under 23s are you learning that much? You know, so, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if you are, you know, I think, you know, if you, if, you, if you can play against teams, you know, not necessarily at your age level or skill level, you're going to develop easier, I think. Yeah, and a lot, a lot of players that have come into North End, the likes of uh, Josh Harrop have immediately said, I think Lucas Metcher said the same thing, that <sighs> the biggest difference is now that points matter. And that's, that's yeah, something yeah. that they're, they're not used to at that level. Yeah, yeah. If you think what, 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 you know, like, you get points in under twenty threes league, but wow, wow! So what if you win? So what if yeah. you win an under twenty three league? You don't get an open top bus ride out of it or a, a win bonus, do you? you know, but um, you know it's all very nice, but it, 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 that's not what's going to pay your mortgage, is it? And, you know, yeah. it, it's going to be you know league points which you've got to do it for you getting into a first team and where it all matters. Yeah, right. Let's have a coming to an end. Let's have a prediction. Going to put you on the spot again, Luton. Mm. We've absolutely no idea about anything. But what's your prediction for the for the weekend? I think Preston will win two nil. Mm. I like it. I like it. I'll go. Yeah, I'll go two nil as well. Are we going goal scorers? Should we mm. put our neck on the block? Yeah. <sighs> Looking at mate. Uh, uh, right, I'm going to go. I'm a, I'm a rubbish. I'm a rubbish tipster. So I will go. Tom Barkazen. Yeah, I was going to have him. One and Scott Sinclair will get the other. How's about oh, that? Oh right, okay. I'll go. I'll go DJ just to be slightly different. I'll go I'll for go, a penalty. Uh, penalty or open play? Uh, open play. I fancy a sort of Wigan one. So, yeah, sort yeah. of late, arriving late sort of thing. He times that quite well. I'll go Barky and mm. DJ. I'll go two 0 as yeah. well just to be just to be bold. Yeah. First, second half. Where are we going? Where are you oh, going? One, one, you, one nil half time. I'm going. <laughs> we've not, even, we've not even got to me decorating in my house this week. I'm sure everyone's missing out on that information. Did <laughs> <laughs> you, you uh, go for a ride, by the way? But uh, right, I'll go. Right, okay, I'll go. Uh, I'll go both second half. Both right, second I'm half. going one in each half. Two nil. Right. Two nil. One in each half. One nil half time. <laughs> well. Uh, Everyone can find that information and uh, the coverage on uh, lep.co.uk, is it? I don't even know. On the on the LEP Ooh. website, it's probably a better way of me saying it. Um, lep.co.uk, it is. Yeah. yeah. And uh, follow us at, uh, at lep underscore football at Tom Sandals and at, the, uh, at seds underscore lep to keep up with everything. Dave's going to be at the game um, and we'll have all the coverage, all sorts of different types of coverage throughout. So, Make sure to get involved and, and keep in touch with us. And as usual, if you want any changes to the podcast or any questions or anything you particularly want us to discuss, then feel free to uh, get in touch. I think the plan is to go back weekly with the podcast, with the with the football coming back. So we'll be a bit more back to normality, finally. Uh, get talking about games that are actually happening again, which will be a nice relief. Uh, less about my decorating and uh, back to the back to the proper stuff, eh, Dave? Yeah, yeah. It will seem strange this season. No crowds there. It, that is difficult to get my head round. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, just a whole environment. I'm going to be sat there in the press box. Got to wear a mask. Got to have your temperature taken going into the ground. You know, just who would have thought this? Like, to you know, three or four months ago, it's just, it's, it's just surreal, isn't it? Almost, mm. but you know, it. What is happening is what is needed to get this season out of the way. You know, so get it done, get it finished. You know, hopefully North End can get to where they want to, um, and then hopefully. 2020-21 season has a bit more sort of normality about it. That'd be my wish anyway. I don't care how it restarts as long as North End restart the next season in the Premier League. <laughs> no, that'd Let's be get, nice. Uh... But, but you just hope that if they got there, people be able to go and see the games. Yeah. You know, how, how hollow would it be if North End got to the Premier League and, you know, games are still behind closed doors for a good while. That, 
I don't know that 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 wouldn't sit easily with me. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it'd be. I think I've seen a few tweets of the like where it'd be very North End that finally mm. get into the playoffs or finally get promoted to the to the Premier League, and no one can be there to witness and enjoy it. But yeah, I mean, be, that would, yeah, it. to be honest, that would. Yeah, North End being in the Premier League, brilliant. Take it how it is, but you know, I, people, you know. When you've waited this long, you just you just want it to be a normal season, you know. When when it happens, you know, you just want, you know, like I'd love it if they got up and like they announced that, you know, from September onwards, you can get people back in grounds. I've no idea if that will happen or not, but that'd be the ideal scenario, wouldn't it? You know, and, and build from there. You know, you you don't want to get to the Premier League and your first match in Man United at home and there's no one allowed in. That, that's yeah. that's just utterly heartbreaking. That'd be soulless. That so, yeah. you know. Hopefully, and the reunion with Burnley, and no one can be there. Yeah, it's strange, absolutely strange. Of all, you know, whether I'd put Burnley as my priority home match when they got back into the Premier League, Tom, I'm not, I'm not too sure about that. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's others to enjoy. <laughs> I'm only I'm only 23, so when I was growing mm. up, there was a lot of North End Burnley games that were like the highlight mm. of our season at that time. Needs must, yeah. obviously. But... Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, I think that's about it. Anything else you'd like to add, Dave? No, I just hope that everyone, you know, like, you know, to, to, you know, it, you know, it's not football as we know it, but it's football, you know, at least there's a return. I just, you know, if you can get it on iFollow or watch it on Sky or whatever, watch our coverage, you know, just, just try and enjoy it the best we can, you know. You know, wasn't that long ago we were thinking at the start of all this, would we even watch a game of football again this this calendar year? You know, would football even return in 2020? Well, it has. It's, you know, probably a bit later. You know, we're in June now. Um, but at least it's back, you know. And um, it's the first step to sort of getting back to, you know, football, you know, getting back to a bit more normality, you know, from a football point of view. So, and hopefully, you know, a few more steps, you know, we can all be back together in the stadiums and enjoying it how we used to, you know. So, might all be sat there with a seat gap between us or a mask on or something. But, you know, it might be a price to pay that for a few months afterwards. I don't know. But, you know, let's just, you know, let's just enjoy what's in front of us anyway enjoy it in a different way than we have to when we would do normally but you know and just you know we all want the same thing you know we're I'm there cover North End I'm a North End fan you are Tom you know everyone listening to this North End fan we all want the same thing don't we so want the players back out there want them healthy want them fit want them playing well yeah that's it isn't it I mean it's not it's not going to be like we used to but it's a means to an end and eventually Mm. normality will resume yeah, yeah. One day we'll be back taking big away followings and things like that, and those train trips down to London and things like that. You know, they'll be a bit more special when they come back anyway. Yeah. Well, that's it for uh, for this week. We'll hopefully be back uh, next week. Make sure to, as I mentioned, keep up to date with all our coverage at uh, lep.co.uk and at lep underscore football. My Twitter is at Tom Sandals and Dave's is at Seds underscore LEP. Feel free to get in touch and uh, let us know what a bad job we're doing of this podcast. But uh, until uh, next time, thank you very much for listening. Thank you.